Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. It is Monday, February 20th, 2023. I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome in to today's podcast. I'm not sure this is going to be this week's podcast or today's podcast uh, alone by itself. We'll get to there probably later on in the week, but I want to give you guys some content to start the week off. I hope everyone, uh, for those of you who are working today on the holiday, uh, appreciate you for always busting your you-know-whats. For those of you who have the day off, hope you're enjoying it. That's why I'm actually able to get you guys a podcast today, because I have the day off today, which I'm very fortunate to have, and I appreciate. Today's podcast, we are going to talk pretty much only about the Mariners' spring training. I have some spring training takeaways and some reactions, some uh, reports, some insider stuff I want to cover We'll talk about a couple Seahawks contracts that were guaranteed Friday, and then we're going to wrap up for the podcast today. If you are new to the podcast or if you are on the fence about this, if you enjoy the content and you like the overall conversation and the subjects that I bring up on the course of a uh, podcast, or you know, we, I try to do, I, I, excuse me, I used to do about three podcasts a week, three to four. Um, when I was recovering from an injury, fortunately I have mostly recovered. So I am back to work on full-time duty basis. A lot of people have asked why the podcast have really slowed down to kind of not a grinding hole, but pretty close to it. I'm just trying to find time in for you guys to get these in. And, um, that's why I'm utilizing the holiday today to get you guys some content. And most of all, so we could talk about some baseball, everybody. It feels great to just be talking about baseball. That means springs around the corner. Means we're gonna get longer days. The barbecues can get fired back up. The smokers can get, get you know, re uh, charcoaled and all that good stuff. But I have a bunch of takeaways, and that I'm gonna go over. I have one unfortunate injury update that we're probably gonna start out the podcast with today, and that is unfortunately the broken hamate bone of one Taylor Trammell, one tasty Taylor Trammell. I like that little. Uh, little tongue twister there. It's a huge bummer. <clears throat> a lot of the reports coming out of Jerry, uh, Jerry's mouth, Justin Hollander's mouth as well during the course of his offseason was that Taylor Trammell had put in the most work in the offseason by far of any player, which is a bit surprising because we figured it was going to be Jared Kelenic. We will get into plenty of Jared Kelenic here in today's podcast later on in the show. But Taylor Trammell was in such it was in such a beautiful position to really almost start off where he left last season he came in played really really well like what we kind of hoped and Taylor Trammell has that right build he's got a good swing path really good athleticism great arm good speed and most of all he is beloved in that locker room all the guys in the dugout any layer uh, uh minor league affiliate they all love Taylor Taylor is a great clubhouse guy he has provided such a stalwart at AAA, really providing that 4A talent bridge, more or less, which is now obviously we have guys like Colin Moran and uh, guys, um, uh, Tommy Lastella, guys like that, that are like, you know, Tommy's, he's been in playoff games, he's been in playoff series, so he's an MLB player, but he's really struggled. I mean, if he wasn't playing, like, got as many playing appearances the last few years, he would be considered a 4A depth piece as well. So Tommy does hit the ball well. Uh, his stat numbers are higher than what he did. And as far as like his exit velos were considerably higher for his batting average total that he got last year, which is a bit of unluck uh, or, or excuse me, unlucky. And what you're looking at with guys like Tommy, with guys like Jared Kalanick, Taylor, Trammell, Cal Raleigh, uh, maybe, I mean, we haven't seen anything about Cade Marlowe, 
But the shift is going to be something that I'm going to be paying very, very close attention to this year. I believe that's going to drastically affect. We heard from Jeff Passan via Seattle Sports Station on 710 with Brock and Salk this last week about how he believes that the national batting average will raise 10 to 15 points this season, which is incredibly massive, right? Um, This is what we needed. Baseball was the offense. There's too many hits. You know, I, I hate to even bring this guy up because it's been I made it very clear that I have had a love-hate relationship with Kyle Seager. But a player like Kyle Seager, who had so many hits taken away because of the shift and all that stuff, really looks at this current day of baseball and says, man, if only I had played or if I got in my career started at a later point in time, he could have really prospered. Maybe he had a better uh, overall career. Not saying he had a bad career by any means, but he could have had such a more productive career than what he able to have here in Seattle. Yes, he had gold gloves and all that stuff. I'm not trying to get on a side of random about Kyle Seager, but it's just, there's so many players. Like that's why we look at Cal Raleigh. The shift is so heavy. So like, I think it was like 96% of the time team shifted against Cal Raleigh last year. Same goes for Gino Suarez, uh, JP Crawford. They don't not as much for like JP Crawford, especially for like Adam Frazier. They did it a bunch. Um, but the, the conversation is going to go on. You're going to see players. I think some players, I talked about this in the previous podcast, that are going to that are going to benefit the most. It's going to be Jerry Kalanick, Cal Raleigh. Uh, I think Gino Suarez gets about 10 more points on the batting average this year, which is great. And I think, obviously, the X Factor will be Ty France as far as in the middle of the lineup. Okay, so we've talked about Taylor. We, we've talked about uh, a, little, a little bit of the shift stuff. I want to get into one player that's going to, no, without a doubt, this is undisputed. I don't think there's a player in camp that has this the more amount of attention on them right now, and that is one Jared Kelnick. Jared Kelnick has been, as we all know, a huge bust. He's been a roller coaster of emotions. He's been a roller coaster of... Uh, we could say expressions on the diamond. I'm trying to keep it as clean as possible for family, friends, and children who might listen to this podcast. Jared Kelnick has had a very difficult time managing his emotions when it comes to the baseball field and the dugout and his high expectations. Jared Kelnick never struggled before he got to the, to the MLB level. He was an elite prospect, first-round pick, top 10 overall, performed well at every MLB showcase, which is how he got so high on his draft status that he did. But when we look at what we... What what is like here is the question that so many people are trying to figure out the answer to. We still don't know until we see him hit the ball in spring training. What is a reasonable expectation for Jared Kelnick in 2023? A part of me says Jared Kelnick could hit 230, 25 bombs, 2025 bombs, still to 20 bases, could be worth two and a half wins, right? That's a solid player. Jared Kelnick, for all we know, he can continue the trend he's been on the last few years, unfortunately, and that trend results in nothing. He has done nothing at the plate. I remember almost every moment that Jared Kelnick has performed. I remember the home runoff of Garrett Cole in New York last year. I remember the home runoff of Shohei Otani that was an absolute nuke. I remember the home run that was in Oakland. There was the one specific series that, some, for some reasons, just sticks in my craw. I cannot... Get it out. Is the series in Kansas City where he went berserk. He had, I think it was three or four home runs in that series. He had six extra base hits, like 10 plus RBIs in this series. He was a menace. And when you have, you could see that he's got the God-given gifts, right? The GGGs. To be able to do great things on the baseball field. He, he A lot of people say he's like Josh Donaldson. I, I like the comparison of Dustin Pedroia 
who was for those you know for people who don't listen to this or weren't aren't aware of or you know who know who Dustin was he was an MVP for the Boston Red Sox second baseman he was the catalyst he was the he was the like the 10 to 12 dollar fancy straw that stirred the drink the drink obviously is Julio Elite Rodriguez but Jared Koenig is literally the glue that could provide the seams to build the foundation for this team. There is not one player, not even Julio. Like if Julio take a slight, I'm just speaking in hypothetically, a hypothetical, obviously, excuse me. But if Julio has a slight regression, but Jared Kelnick can hit 220 to 230 and hit you 20 to 25 bombs, still you 20 bases, play very good defense, that could bal- that will balance out what you would lose if Julio were to regress slightly, if Cal were to regress. I think it's more likely Cal does than Julio, just being honest with you guys. I think that the league is going to see that Cal Raleigh is extremely powerful, extremely strong when it comes to the plate, but Jared Kelnick is really the main focus right now for me of this spring training. It's him. It's Bryce Miller. I want to see what Isaiah Campbell can do. I'm looking at these guys that they've been building up for the last few years and see, and like also Cade Marlowe. Cade Marlowe could be bigger piece than Jared Kelnick this year. We don't know, but there's so many question marks. There's so many variables, you know? I hate to make it a random nerd analogy right now. It's like the new Harry Potter uh, Hogwarts legacy. You go out and you find these unidentified items and you have to go back and reveal what they are. You you don't know what they're going to be. They could be good. They could be bad. You don't know, but you have to go to the desk and find it out. I apologize if that's a random thing. It's just where my brain's been. I've been playing a lot of Harry Potter lately. Um, But Jared Kelenic, Taylor Taylor Trammell, um, those two guys to me are are, are still a focus point. It's a focal point for me for for spring training. Now we're going to go to pitching because I've got a lot, a lot of pitching because we've seen more pitching than we've seen hitting, obviously. First off, Marco Gonzalez, cut the long hair, finally. Um, no to disrespect, Marco, you look better clean cut. He's trimmed down. He looks like he's about 10, 15 pounds lighter. Uh, hearing a little grunting from Marco Gonzalez. Hmm? Intriguing. Eyebrow raised. Uh, see here. Bryce Miller. Oh, man. You know, last off season, no hesitation from Jerry. Who are you looking forward to to pitch? Or who are you looking forward to watch? Matt Brash. The, 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 this, uh, this off season. Who are you looking to, uh, for the most to in spring training this year, Jerry? Bryce Miller. No hesitation. And I could see why. Holy goodness gracious. Great balls of fire and Murgatroy. Bryce Miller is going to be electric. He reminds me of uh, Tyler Glass now, but Tyler Glass now just had a weird, funky wind-up, and I didn't like it over the top. It just seemed like he didn't have a whole lot of muscle to him. Yeah, Bryce Miller, he's tall, he's lanky. He said he's put on 20 pounds of muscle in the offseason, which is ridiculous. But throwing 100 miles an hour, there's a video that's been going around between him and Tom Murphy, and he struck out Tom Murphy on a very, very clean sequence. Fastball, uh, change-up slider. The slider was just wicked. I think it was like 92, 93 miles an hour, which is a ton of break on it. And he's throwing 100 miles an hour. This is a name I've been talking about for months. Me, Locked On Mariners, Joe Doyle, um, Jason Churchill, all the main guys, are talk- like Keith Law, all the main prospect guys are looking at this guy saying, this guy's going to be something else. And if you got another arm like that coming, and you've got a Taylor Dollard, and you've got an Emerson Hancock, uh, AJ Izzy's been flying up the draft boards. Juan Pinto has been flying up draft boards. 
the one name that I'm going to watch to how, see how he'll move. And I think he's going to be in the big leagues by the end of this season, folks, is one Brian Wu. Brian Wu is disgusting. He is, say, and I, he had his late, I believe it would have been his 88th birthday this weekend on Sunday. I do believe it was. Brian Wu is one of those pitchers that could take your team to the next level for being a young kid. You've looked at what Houston has with Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, Christian Javier. This is what they're building. Brian Wu, I heard a report that almost every single team in the course of the offseason inquired about Brian Wu. Brian Wu is a guy that came off of Tommy John. People had questions, would he be able to rebound? This guy is throwing nearly 100 miles an hour. He's a starting pitcher. He's got a five-pitch mix. Three of them are well above average. Two are good. Like, you're talking about a pitcher that has legitimately upside to be a number three in your in your in your rotation? And this is just a like a toss in gem cookie right now. Yeah, Jerry, you are killing it on these drafts. Uh, I've talked about guys like Jeter Martinez coming from Mexico in this year's draft. They keep loading and keep bringing in other guys from other organizations and international draft and uh, they find gems, diamonds in the rough all the time. We've seen it with Paul Sewell. We saw it with Casey Sadler. We've seen it with Penn Murphy. We've seen it with, obviously, Matt Brash. These guys, Andres Munoz. These guys, they, they literally take these guys and they say, we know exactly what you can become. We know exactly how to get you there. Follow our plan See and see what happens. Uh, see here. So we're Taylor Jim. Okay, Bryce Miller. Sorry, I'm just going on my list for you guys. Uh, Prelander Baroa. Whoa. Scott Service said, and I quote, hey, he has a special arm. This is the this is the guy that we got in the trade-in, essentially the trade-in toss piece for Donovan Walton from the San Francisco Giants last year. This guy is moving quickly. He's got 96 to 100 mile an hour arm. I, mean, I keep, you know, it's, we have so many guys that just throw gas. He's been at every gas camp the last year, uh, which is two, which is two, to, two total camps, excuse me if I can talk today. Prelander Baroa is incredibly intriguing. These names are going to be prevalent. And a lot of for some people that listen to this don't know about the prospects. This is your opportunity to get accustomed and acquainted with these names. Because these are the names that you're going to see involved in a big-time trade piece. Because bullpen arms and arms in general have never been more valuable than what they are today because of how important pitching is. And then you're also looking at the fact that we were so fortunate last season with our pitching health that we need more guys to de- to have quality depth. So if someone were to go down, someone can fill in in his place. Prelander Baroa is a starting pitcher. He's not a bullpen arm. So you're talking about a long relief guy. We'd have like, you know, Tommy Malone got re-signed for veteran minimum. Anthony Masevich. You don't have to worry about those names anymore. Like, yeah, they're like a fallback grace plan. But when you have a, a Taylor Dollard, you've got a Prelander Baroa. You have uh, like obviously Emerson Hancock isn't quite ready yet. But you have names that are going to be ready to, to be on the MOB pro level starting qualities. So the more of that you have, the better we off in, are we off in general. Uh, sh- okay, a couple of bats real quick. First off, oh, excuse me, I missed one one more thing. Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, both throwing a split finger fastball. Beautiful. You want to know why? Because it makes sense. Logan Gilbert, Robbie Ray need to induce more soft contact. They had a lot of hard contact off of them last season, but they had great percentages in Lux when it comes to overall putting the ball in play and what happens with that. But a split finger fastball for Robbie, when we all know he's a what was a four seam and a slider is now a four seam, a two seam and a slider. You get a four pitch mix 
with a four seam, a two seam, a splitter, and a slider just makes him even more deadly, makes him even more competent on the mound, and just allows him to have a better, not so reliant upon his bread and butter to get him where he needs to be. And then as far as for Logan goes, I think the, the sky is the ceiling for, for Logan Gilbert in year three. I think he's going to have a huge jump. I think you see Logan Gilbert in the All-Star game this year. I think there is a legitimate chance that this is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like a homer, but this makes a lot of sense. I've been saying George Kirby is going to be an AL Cy Young finalist at the end of this season. I picked him to win the Cy Young. You have Luis Castillo, El Pedre, The Rock, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, you know? Obviously, knock on wood, we don't know what's going to happen as far as our pitching health goes. But you have guys like a Bryce Miller. When those guys come up and they're throwing 100, you're going to flash. You have so many arms that are going to make such a large impact that I believe the Seattle Mariners win at least 95 ball games this year. I said it. That's my prediction. All right. Uh, there was a great radio interview recently with one Colton Wong via Seattle Sports Station with Brock and Salk last week. I would... Highly, highly, highly recommend that you guys go listen and check that out. I did not know hardly anything about Colton Wong, being honest with you guys. I know I've watched him in the past. I know his rough, I know he's got a couple uh, gold gloves in his locker. He had a rough season last year when it comes to defensive metrics. But with how the shifts were playing, and he was playing almost more right field than he was playing second base, which is in his natural position, obviously. Granted, second base is going to go out sometimes to short right field. But you, are, Colton Wong is in a beautiful position to rebound for his career. This He has been a fan of the Mariners his entire life, being from being from Hawaii, you know, being close to, you know, not, that's pretty much the closest team they have to a mainland. So that's a really great opportunity. Some news, uh, news came out fresh this morning about an hour ago that the Mariners signed his younger brother to a uh, NRI, which means a non-roster invite to spring training. This is a getting your eyeballs on a guy, see what he looks like kind of a thing. Obviously, uh, Dylan Moore is still rehabbing from core surgery, which is going to be a part of this as well. And uh, what, what what this comes down to with, with Keon Wong, excuse me, I do believe that's how you say his his name, is that you Dylan Moore's value on this team is second to none. Sam Haggerty's value on this team is second to none. But like you're not guaranteeing Tommy La Stella. A place, and I, I'm sorry, whenever I say his name, I have to put an Italian accent on it because it's just hilarious and I have to. But uh, I like the signing. I think this is just more of a getting your eyeballs on a player, see what he's got to offer, and then you go from there. Reports uh, from Ryan Divish this week are that Cal's thumb still pretty sore. He's still trying to get through the motions. is why you're seeing him catch a couple bullpens. Nothing too heavy or anything. I honestly, like, I know he's got to get some, like, you know, essentially his version of physical therapy is to get behind the plate, get that thumb catching and doing its thing. But just don't rush this. Obviously, they're not going to. The ver- the value of Cal Raleigh to this team is second to none. Like, it's pretty much Julio Rodriguez, Luis Castillo, and Cal Raleigh for, like, the three most important players on this team, in my opinion, for this season. Murphy looks great. Uh, his pitchers and everything. He looks yoked as always. Tom Murphy's a workout warrior. Uh, never questioning about that. And then uh, uh, the value of Murphy, especially with Cal trying to get that thumb, is going to be absolutely huge as far as it goes to making sure that both guys are ready to rock and roll for the start of regular season. And then it was just great to see Evan White get on the baseball field. I was a huge fan of Evan White coming out of college. Uh, he obviously had a pretty decent year, won a gold glove at first base in his rookie season, him and J.P. Crawford. But 
it's been such a injury plagued uh, start to his career for most of his tenure, excuse me, in Seattle for Evan White. And it's going to be a matter of seeing what he can rebound from, what he can kind of turn himself into. There's lots of raw power. We saw a video uh, a couple days ago of him taking Emerson Hancock deep on a changeup out of the batter's eye. It was absolutely crushed, which is great to see, especially with the fact that Evan White has a ton of raw power. He's so athletic. He has a great glove. He just got to stay healthy, and I wish the best for the young man. Okay, uh, just a brief note here on Seahawks, and then I'm hopping out for today's podcast. A couple of uh, rosters were guaranteed for Seattle Seahawks money-wise. You're talking about Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, and DK Metcalf. The big one is Quandre Diggs, his $13 million salary for the upcoming season was fully guaranteed Friday. Jamal Adams had $2 million, DK Metcalf 2.25. I will be doing more uh, Seahawk reaction episode, mock drafts, all that stuff when we get more from Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, all that good stuff, Bucky Brooks from NFL Network. But once we get to there, we'll have that conversation down the road. But I appreciate you guys tuning in for today's podcast. Hope you enjoy the Mariners-related podcast today and some spring training takeaways. Uh, again, if you enjoy, enjoy the content, please subscribe. And if you can, leave a rating on whatever uh, platform you're listening from. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Index, and much, much more. And I'm now on Stitcher. Check me out there. Have a fantastic Monday, you guys. And I will uh, talk to you guys soon. Peace.